We are very, very privileged and blessed to have Pastor Megan Harrison with us. Um, Pastor Megan and Lars were um, assistant pastors in one of the Sydney churches for about 10 years. And then, as many of you know, we looked after the C3 Darwin Church for a year, going up once a month and um, getting... Make sure, making well, looking after the church because the pastor had left, waiting for new people to come on to take it on board, getting rid of some of the people that shouldn't be there. <laughs> and, and we had a fun year. It was very interesting, and you released us to do that, which was really cool. So it was it was a joint effort in many ways. But Pastor Megan and Pastor Lars came and sort us out when we put out and said we really need to have someone to, on board there, and sort us out at a conference. And we sat down, and Bruce and I were so excited because young couple had up there, they had only had one baby at the time and um, just had a vision for God moving in that city and they see now over 700 people in that church, like it was a tiny little thing just existing <laughs> while we were looking after it. They've um, just given of their heart and uh, of who they are. They are such genuine people, um, loving God and loving people and, uh, and you're going to catch a glimpse of that today um, as Pastor Megan sh- shares today. So why don't you welcome her as she comes this morning. Thank you so much. Very kind words. Very generous with your praise. That's lovely. Have a seat, everyone. So great to be here. It's been a blessing to me personally, too, to be away from my children for a few days. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Being in a cold climate for a few days, it's been wonderful. But so, so love this church. And I want to thank the amazing worship team. You've done an incredible job. Thank you. You can take your seat as well. But It is so wonderful to be here. I think my husband Lars was here with you last February, maybe of last year, and uh, but I don't think I've ever actually been here in a main service. So it is my privilege to to be here, and uh, we've known Bruce and Julie since that moment about eight years ago, where we uh, had that discussion about the possibility of going up to Darwin, and they've just been the greatest encouragers, supporters to us. I do want to say this as well that. The church in Darwin, I confidently would say this, will, would not exist without this couple and what they did. And I know that's not just them. That is you as a church and as a team, you release them. And so the fruit that we have seen in Darwin that we can celebrate and look at, wow, what God has done, I believe that it's credited to this church too, to your prayers, to your investment and to your incredible leaders and your team. So can we put it together for your incredible pastors? So much for love for these guys. Thank you for looking after me so beautifully well as well this weekend. It's been amazing. Well, Lars sends his love as well. He's up looking after the children and running church today. So I'll hear all about that soon. But we've got a little picture for those that haven't met us before. And uh, that's my husband, Lars, there. And we've got three beautiful daughters. Uh, Alicia, our eldest, is almost nine. She's planning her party. It's next week. Uh, we've got Abby, who's seven, and then we've got little Eva, who's two and a half, and she runs the family. She's the little two and a half bossy boots that directs everyone where they need to go and bosses them around. And, but they are a joy, they're a delight, and uh, they're a territory girls. They come down south now and they freeze. They don't know. Normal to them is humidity. So we've just adjusted to Darwin life, having been there now for about seven and a half years. But it is a privilege to be here, and I love... The theme that you guys are in this year, that's such a great theme to be in, shift. 
So many different areas of our life need to shift, don't they? And God is into shift. He's into moving things. And so the message I've got is a real simple but powerful truth, I believe, this morning that's going to encourage you, might challenge you a little bit, but I believe it's a shift God is leading me continually to make and it's transformed my life. It's transformed our church. And when we can make this shift in our priorities, um, everything can change for the better. And it's the title of the message is very simple, which is simply Thanksgiving. Learning to shift to a place of thanksgiving. How easy is it to live in a place of complaint and defeat and just looking at everything that's not right that we want to be right? Anyone relate? And by nature, I know naturally I'm, I'm a positive person, but I also see gaps. And so I, I can look at situations, I can look at my family, I can look at circumstances and I can see imperfections I can see where improvement needs to be made but God has begun to shift me over recent years and really bring me continually back to a place of thanksgiving I want to tell you this morning there is power in thanksgiving there is incredible power to be unleashed in your life and in this church, and this is a great church, I tell you what, you've got the revelation of praise and thanksgiving. So I just want to build upon that and affirm that in, in, through this message today. Let's look at Psalm 100. An amazing psalm, verse 4, a very well-known passage of Scripture. Let's just look at this one verse as we start this morning. It says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. This is David, of course, penning this incredible psalm, writing of the glory of God. And he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. I want to tell you the way that we enter and the way that we approach things in life really counts. In so many different ways, how you approach a situation, how you approach a conversation, how you approach your day is going to count. You know, I've got a couple of pilot friends and they tell me that when they're going, coming into land, their approach is crucial. If they don't line up that approach correctly, if everything doesn't align for that thing, you have to abort approach, go up and come and do it again. And they've told me situations where they've had to do that because if the approach, the approach is wrong, the landing is not going to work out so great. The approach is crucial in life. And what I love about God, what I love about Christianity is that we have a God who says, come as you are. He says, don't clean yourself up. Don't tick every box before you come to me. Just come as you are. And I love that. I want to tell you here this morning, if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to faith, you can just come as you are. Just turn up. Just get yourself in church every week. But I also want to tell you on top of that, there will come a point where we need to learn what actually pleases God. And I want to tell you, this scripture tells us that there is a preferred approach that God has for us when we come to Him. His preferred approach is thanksgiving. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. There's a heart posture that God prefers and that actually causes us to enter into His presence quickly and effectively. And that is with a thanksgiving posture in our heart. So I want to today just cover some key truths about the power of thanksgiving in our lives. The first one is this, thanksgiving is a response. I want to free you a little this morning. Many of us think, well, I'm not naturally a thankful person. That's just not my personality. 
I can relate. But I want to tell you, when you actually understand what Thanksgiving's all about, it's not something you have to conjure up or strive for. It's actually something that can flow out of the natural overflow of your heart towards God. It is a response to what He has done. Do you know the great gift of salvation through Jesus? It's all about what He has done for us. From the beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve and then, of course, they sinned and mankind was separated from God, God always had a plan to send His Son. He always had a plan to come and make a way where He would take our sin on that cross, where He would take our shame and our weakness and then He would die and then rise again and offer us the gift, the free gift of salvation. You can't earn it. You can't strive for it. It's literally given to us and then we choose to respond to it. You know, I think sometimes in our Christian life, we can get so used to hearing about Jesus and so used to hearing it that we always almost kind of forget the awe of that moment where we went from being sinful, separated from God. The Bible describes it being like miry clay and in a pit. And then it says God took us and when we respond to him, we're set on a rock. We're set on solid ground. We have got an incredible salvation to be thankful for. And it can just rise naturally from your heart. When we truly understand what we've been saved from, there's no other response than thanksgiving. It's just like, God, you are so good that you would forgive me, that you would give me a fresh start that you would take me from darkness and put me in light. There's a thanksgiving response to that. You know, a few years into our time in Darwin, we purchased a four-wheel drive. My husband, Lars, he's a very outdoors adventure type guy. He loves fishing, which is why he loves living up in the top end a lot as well. But uh, we just bought this new four-wheel drive. We didn't have any other equipment to go with it, but he's like, let's get out. We're going to find some dirt roads. And he'd researched and found that it... About an hour and a half out of the Darwin City area, there's this place called Gunpoint where you can go, travel there, and then you can take your four-wheel drive onto the beach, and then you can just, you know, have fun. He's like, his parents were up visiting, and so we all piled into the car. We had two daughters at that stage. I think our youngest was not even one year old. And we packed a picnic. We thought, what a great day. We'll head out to Gunpoint. And we did. We got out there and hopped on to this beautiful beach and we travelled a couple of k's up, went through a little river crossing. The tide was right out because when our tides are out up there, they're really out, like hundreds of metres. And so we found this beautiful spot, had a lovely picnic on the beach and then we hopped in the car and we're about to head back. We hadn't seen um, anyone for quite a while because it's a very remote beach. There were a couple of people camping maybe two, three k's back. But we hopped in, we thought we'll head back And um, my husband, being the adventurer that he is, uh, said, well, we're not going to go back the same way. Why don't we take another way back? And so, of course, the tide was out and it looked like that really um, quite stable, hard, soft, kind of hard, watery tidal area. He said, we'll go back that way and avoid the mangroves that we'd come through on the way there. So we start travelling on this tide zone and about 30 metres in, suddenly the car gets stuck. It gets completely bogged. Now, we had no max tracks. We had no anything. We had not seen another human being for two hours. We'd just driven up on this remote beach. And the other thing was the tide was now coming in. And we knew that within a matter of hours, our car could be totally covered in water. 
and there was just a little bit of embankment between the beach and then a river behind us. And we, for about half an hour, my dear husband worked very hard just trying to get some traction, trying to get us out of that stuck position, but nothing was happening. My first response was to look for crocodiles. <laughs> I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, there's no crocodiles around here, please. Uh, but it became apparent that some one of us needed to try and go walking back the two, three Ks to try and find some people that we'd seen camping there and see if someone could drive up and get us out. And my dear mother-in-law, she's an amazing woman, she volunteered. I didn't mention to you, my father-in-law is actually in a wheelchair. And so we had him in the car as well, plus two young children, myself. It was not a great scenario. I went to a place many would call panic. <laughs> I was screaming out, praying like I'd never prayed before and thinking, surely there's a helicopter we can call or isn't there people you can... I'm just like practical mode. But there was not, barely any reception. We hadn't seen anyone. We were just stuck. My mother-in-law was incredible. She walked, risking any crocodiles that may have been around. I'm really talking this up for you. But uh, it is true, it probably was a risk. And she made it three k's back in the hot sun, managed to find a random couple who just turned up to the beach to walk their dog. And at first they didn't understand the severity of our situation and finally she convinced them and she hopped in the car and they came up and they, long story short, eventually after a few false attempts and them getting stuck also, we got free. <laughs> Praise God. Let me tell you, in that moment where we got freed, you did not have to conjure up or force me to say thanks to the people that freed me. I was just like, whatever we can do for you. Can we buy you some beer? Can we give you a few hundred dollars? Can we, we were just offering anything we could do because we were so thankful for getting out of that situation. I tell you what, when we really understand what we've been saved from, when we really understand what Jesus did for us, He took us from dark to light. He took us from sin to a place of forgiveness. He took us from a place of separation to a place of being righteous before Him. With an eternal hope, with an eternal future, I tell you what, Thanksgiving just comes naturally when you realise what you've been saved from. And maybe this morning you just need to come back in your life to a place where you just go, God, I'm so thankful for saving me. I'm so thankful. And sure, we've all got journeys and battles and faith things that we're going on in our Christian life. But let's never forget to come back to the moment regularly where we just go, God, I'm so thankful you saved me. Thank you for what you've done in my life. You know, in Christ, there is always so much more for us than there is against us. Don't buy into the lies of the enemy that would try to focus us only on the areas that aren't having breakthrough yet or aren't having fruit yet. I tell you, you've got so much to be thankful because you've been saved by Jesus Christ. A second point is that thanksgiving is a language. So first point is it's a response. Second is that it is a language. You know, I love children when they're learning to talk. It's just the cutest thing ever. Our little Eva, she's two and a half and her vocab is just expanding by the day. And it's a glorious moment, as many parents would know, when your children goes from just whinging and trying to express what they want and not being able to communicate to finally being able to articulate it and to ask for what they want and to speak and to have a conversation. It is an amazing thing having language develop. 
But, you know, just like children learning to talk and learning a language, the Bible says that every single one of us are children of God. And it says that we're to actually come to him, even as adults, with the spirit of a child. We're to come with a childlike faith. And I want to tell you, there is a language as God's children that we need to learn, that we need to grow in, that we need to get comfortable in. There's a language that the world will try and put on our tongue, but there's a language as children of God that we need to perfect, we need to grow in, we need to practice. And I want to tell you, it is the language of thanksgiving. It is an amazing thing. It is the chosen language of heaven. It is our native tongue as children of God, saved by a great saviour, the language of thanksgiving. This is what Psalm 104 in the Message Bible translation says. I love it. It says, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise, thank him and worship him. Do you know there's a password into the presence of God? Thank you. It's not complex. It's not hard. It's not reciting four books of scripture. It's just thank you. Gets you in. That's the password. You heard it here. Make yourselves at home talking praise. I love this thought that we are most at home with who God has called us to be when we're talking thanksgiving. That's you. That's who you are. That's who you were created to be. Our identity as children of God and praise and thanksgiving is our native tongue. We just need to practice it. We need to walk in it. We need to perfect it in our lives. When we speak it, not only does heaven get, we get into heaven and the realm of the presence of God, but heaven comes to earth. When we begin to thank him, when we need to declare the goodness and the praises and the glory of God in our lives, heaven comes to earth. And we're called to do that. We're called to bring heaven to earth. We're not just getting by this time before heaven. No, right now we bring heaven to earth in our situations, in our families. You know, living in the world, isn't it so easy though just to pick up the language of the world, the language of defeat, you might be around people in your workplace, they speak this real well. Oh, nothing works out for me. Oh, gosh, the economy's not good. Oh, our politicians are hopeless. Oh, we know the language of defeat, don't we? Our culture knows the language of defeat. I want to tell you, you're not called to a language of defeat. You're called as children of God to a language of thanksgiving. We're all pretty quick to pick up on a language of complaint sometimes. We complain about this, we complain about that, complain about our husband or our wife, we complain about being single, we complain about our church at times, we complain about our kids. We, isn't that the natural inclination of the world? But again, I want to tell you, that's not the native language God has given you. And when you find yourself, as we all do, drifting into that realm of complaint, begin to shift yourself out of it. Make it a... a recognition that, hey, I'm drifting in a language that's not my native tongue. I need to come back to being a child of God and begin to speak thanksgiving in my life. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 3 to 4. This is in the message translation and I just love this. It says, though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. How cool is that? 
Don't talk dirty or silly. That doesn't fit our style. We've got a style as children of God that we can walk in with confidence and with boldness by the grace of God and thanksgiving is our dialect. I remember the first few, or actually the very first year in Darwin and like Julia said, we moved up from Sydney and we'd sensed that God was calling us at that time to either church plant and a C3 church and then this Darwin kind of option came up out of nowhere really and it took me a little while to journey to be on board with that because I'd never been to Darwin and had a certain perception of Darwin. But I got there and we got on board as a couple and so we, we took on that church and I tell you, the first few months were filled with great adventure and expectation. It was like, wow, look at the potential here. Yes, it's a small group of people that are incredibly faithful and this, this is a seed that God could really work with. We begin to see what could happen in our city. Um, no church had really broken through a few hundred people at that stage in our city and we are like, come on, this is a city of over 120,000 people. We're going to believe for that. And so we, that was awesome. That was the season, the honeymoon period. And then about five months in, reality hit, for me anyway. Could be the fact that I was about to give birth, so I don't know if there was certain hormones going on. But I remember being out one morning, and I'd got, actually the middle of the day it was, and I went out to our beautiful harbour area, and I was walking the bike paths with the pram and heavily pregnant with our second, and I was looking out at this beautiful harbour. We've got stunning water, aqua, clear coloured. But then I'm like, oh but you can't even swim in it. There's stupid box jellyfish, there's crocodiles. Like, why would you even like put, it's like a, you know, like someone dangling something in front of you and then you can't partake. I'm like, oh. And then I'm walking along and sweat starts dripping down me and I'm like, oh gosh, I used to love walking and now I hate it because all I just get hot and my hair goes crazy. And who knows, as soon as you start going negative, you can go there all the way. And I'm looking out and then I remember speaking to some other pastors in the city that we'd got to know and they're beautiful people but the negatives started coming out. Oh, it's very tough here in Darwin. It's transient. You have people come and you invest everything into them and then they just move into state and, and I'm like, oh, I had expectation and now I was suddenly going down this negative band. I went, even went as far as for a brief moment thinking, oh my gosh, we got totally tricked into taking this you did I was like no way no I'm like no wonder no one else wanted this posting up here in Darwin and we just fell for it we just had we just saw potential but really we're stuck here in this remote city God who knows that you can easily go to a place of defeat and complaint and discouragement and my language began to articulate that for a brief season but then I felt that gentle, loving prompt of my father saying, come on, Megan, what are you going to fix your eyes on? What are you going to have coming out your mouth? Your words will create your reality. And I began to shift the way I saw. I began to look at all the great opportunities. I look, began to look at the incredible city that it was and genuinely love its people and love the place. And once again, thanksgiving shifted me back into the God path for my life. We need to continually come back to a place of thanksgiving and begin to shape our thinking, shape our words and you can literally shift your life as you do that. Third point, thanksgiving has a sound. It actually has a sound. Do you know I've, as a quiet introvert majorly, 
I've tried to escape and look through scripture and go, you know, could Thanksgiving just be an inner state of being? But I tell you time and time again, I keep coming against the word of God and it keeps declaring how praise and thanksgiving is actually a verbal thing. It has to find expression. It has to actually have a voice. It is not just an internal thing that shifts your circumstances. It is actually a declaration. It's a sound. It's a voice that comes out your mouth. Psalm 95 verse 2 in the message says this, Come, let us shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. That's not a quiet thing. That's a sound, thanksgiving, praise, glorifying, magnifying God. Psalm 107 verse 20 to 21, again in the message, says this, Thank God for His marvellous love, for His miracle mercy to His children. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what He's done. Sing it out. Sorry to all the quiet introverts here. But there is a point where you need to shift into a declaration and a sound of thanksgiving in your voice. It needs to come out in the way you pray. It needs to come out in the way you praise Him in church. It needs to come out in the car. Somewhere needs to be a place in your life where there is a sound of thanksgiving that's audible to other people. You know, the walls of Jericho didn't come down just because they thought good thoughts. God came to Joshua and said, okay, you're to walk around that city. It's fortified. I know it looks impossible, but I want you to keep walking around. And on the seventh time, he didn't say, if you just stand quietly and be thankful in your heart, then the wall will come down. No, he says, on the seventh time, I want you to blow some rams, get some horns going, get the musicians out. And then I want you literally as an army, as the Israelites, I want you to declare and lift up your voices in praise. And it was at the voice, at the sound of praise and thanksgiving of those people that the walls came down. There's some walls in our lives, aren't there? Maybe you've got some walls in your life and you're just quietly trying to wait for a miracle. I want to tell you, maybe your miracle is when you find a voice of thanksgiving, when you begin to declare and sing it out and praise God in the midst of your circumstances. There is incredible power in speaking it out. I want to tell you, when you come here on a Sunday, the worship, the praise, I mean, you guys are blessed. You've got an incredible team that live this. But this isn't the team show It's not the pre-service to the main event, which is the word. No, no, no. You need the praise. We need the praise. You need the worship. And sometimes we can walk in and it's great to be in church. But we can stand in that part of the service and just have our hands in our pockets. Maybe you might nod the head occasionally. But maybe God is calling you this morning that you need to make the most and utilise that moment of the service. Because I want to tell you, when you come into the house of God and as we come corporately every Sunday, we shift atmospheres when we declare the Word of God, when we declare His praise, when we magnify Him, you don't just shift your life, you shift Adelaide Hills, you shift Parkside, you shift Adelaide as a city. Gosh, I love the thought of God looking down upon Australia and every Sunday seeing every Christian church declaring His praise. I tell you, that sends out sound waves into the atmospheres. We can't see it with our natural eyes, but maybe if we could see with spiritual eyes, we'd see those sound waves going out of hope, of love, of the glory of God, of heaven coming to earth in our nation. 
And I want to tell you there is power in declaring and having sound to the glory of God. I try in my prayer life to just spend time declaring his praise. Not just coming with my little wish list and, oh God, would you please? I mean, look, you can pray however you connect with God, but I'm just telling you this morning, there is power when you begin to declare. Thank you, God. I thank you for your goodness over my life. I thank you for your faithfulness over my family. I thank you for your hand upon my endeavours, upon my work, upon everything that I'm doing. Make your life a declaration to the goodness of God and you'll change your life. Point four, thanksgiving brings the promise to pass. This is powerful. You know, we are in a movement, C3, that is based on a spirit of faith. Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, who birthed C3 in Sydney over 35 years ago, they began just with a heart to love people, but they've come and they've got an apostolic anointing that has now seen over 600 churches all over the world birthed and part of this movement. There is a spirit of faith that we are part of. But I tell you, one of the most powerful expressions of that faith is to just declare thanksgiving and declare promises that have not yet come to pass coming to pass. This is what Jesus taught us. Let's have a look at this final scripture in Mark 11, verse 24. This is what Jesus taught. He said, when you pray and you ask for something, believe that you have received it and you will be given what you ask for. Just let that sink in for a minute. This is incredible. When you pray and you ask for something, believe that you have received it and you will be given what you ask for. This is deep, almost crazy, but yet this is how we see the promises of God. This is the journey of faith. This is the spirit of faith at work, that we actually are already thanking God for things that haven't yet shown up naturally in our lives. It's an incredible, powerful thing. Praise and thanksgiving are just verbalised faith. It's how our faith finds expression. You want to be a person of faith? Begin to thank him in advance in your life for things that you have not yet seen. What is that thing that you love, that promise you have? Begin to thank him for it already. Seems crazy. Some would call you ludicrous. But Jesus says, no, this is the way. This is the currency of my kingdom. This is how it works, that you thank me in advance for what I'm going to do. It's an amazing principle. You know, when we came in those early years to Darwin, there weren't a whole lot of young people in the church. In that seed of people that we had, beautiful, faithful people, but we, we saw our city and we, it was packed with young families. We're like, we need to see young families in our church. We need to see souls. We need to see, we had an incredible building, but it had not had money spent on it in a long, long time. And let's just say it was very out of date. <laughs> And so we, even though we had no finance really, we were just literally getting by. Lars had gone from a full-time job in Sydney to taking on pay for one day a week when we moved there. He had to get some other jobs. It was a journey of faith, believing that God could restore the church to a place that, number one, he could be on staff and then number two, we could actually begin to minister and do community outreach and make our building look like a place that's home. 
And so we just began to declare, I thank you, G. I remember Lars, particularly in the area of finances, he just began to declare. He had this figure. He knew that at that point he'd be able to come on staff full time to have full focus. And he just began to declare. He said to the board, we're believing for this number. Our tithes and offerings need to be this amount and then we can get traction. And he, little, no joke, within two months of him saying that, it was consistently hitting that amount and he was able to come on. Amazing. Thank God. Thank you, God, that we have more than enough. Thank you, God, that you go before us. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing young families. Thank you, Lord, that we're seeing salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing life into this place, that this is a healthy, flourishing church. I tell you what, when you begin to thank him in advance, it is powerful. How cool if you have a church, as, for you as a church with Parkside, you begin right now just to declare and thank God in advance for what he's going to do in that new location. I'm going to be praying for you guys. What an exciting season. It's so cool. But as a church, come on, this, you're doing this together. Thank God for Parkside. Thank for every life that's going to come and find hope in Jesus Christ through what you guys are doing and stepping out. Thank Him for it. I thank you, God, for that flourishing location. Lives being transformed. Maybe entering this next month of miracles. You can begin this week to go, thank you, God, this is going to be a shifting month for me. Something you're believing for, healing, breakthrough. Begin to thank him. Begin to bring the promise to pass by your spirit of thanksgiving. Why don't I get the musicians to come as I come to a close right now? I want to ask you in your life, where do you need to shift into thanksgiving? And it all starts from that place where I began, which is going back to that point of salvation and realising that really when we look at Jesus and all he did, there is no other response we could have than a spirit of thanksgiving. And maybe you've wandered away from that incredible moment of awe at the work of Jesus Christ and what he's done. And maybe in these final moments today, you just need to shift your spirit back there and go, you know what, God, I'm so thankful. I've got so much to be thankful for. Yes, this is happening in my life, but gosh, I'm thankful, Lord. I live in a great country. I'm in an incredible church. There's hope. There's a bright future ahead. Begin to just thank him for all the wonderful things that he has done in your life, as well as what he's yet to do. But maybe if you just close your eyes and bow your heads, I want to give an opportunity as we close, as we do, Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made that first decision to respond to that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, there is a response required. Jesus came, he died on that cross, he took every sin, he took what we deserved on the cross and then he rose again and now he offers forgiveness freely. He offers an assurance in our heart where you don't have to wonder, am I okay with God? But you can know. Because it's his righteousness that gets imputed into us. And if you don't have that assurance in your heart this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. It would be no greater joy for me than to lead you in a prayer where you can come to a place of assurance. So just why every head is bowed, every eye is closed. This is a moment between you and God. We're not going to bring you out publicly, but it is a moment you need to own. And so by owning it, you simply raise your hand and then put it back down again. I just want to know who I'm praying for in this moment. If you just need to come back to Jesus, 
You just need to invite him into your life, accept that gift of salvation. Just raise your hand where you are. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it down. Who is there this morning? Maybe there's just a gentle prompting by the love of God on your heart right now. You just need to go, I need to be right with God. I need to respond to that incredible rescue that he's done for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Beautiful. Why don't we all stand? I'm just going to pray over us all as we come to a close this morning. And if you're just making a decision this morning, you know what? I'm going to step into thanksgiving. We've all got areas we can grow in this area. If you're just going, you know what? I'm making a statement today. I'm going to be someone who speaks the dialect of heaven. I'm going to bring thanksgiving at a new level into my life. Just lift your hands where you are, just as a sign of surrender, as a sign of response. I'm going to pray over us as we finish. Father, I thank you for every hand lifted this morning. We are so thankful, Jesus, for what you've done. We are so thankful for who you are. We thank you that you are good, that you are faithful, Lord, that you are just, that you are righteous, that your ways are perfect, that you work all things together for good. We're so thankful this morning, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you in this church, let there be a new level of thanksgiving in every life, in every family, in every marriage, in every parenting, in every job, in every situation. Let thanksgiving find its voice. Let our praise and declaration be things that bring heaven to earth. Let your presence bless and cover every person in this beautiful church. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.